from the tranquil streets of Sandy Bay, Tasmania to the beachside metropolis of Newcastle, New South Wales, then to the less than picturesque suburban back alleys of Penrith's Glenmore Park to Warragee and Bomaderry in the underarm of the Shoalhaven, all the way to the nation's capital and back to Newcastle comes me, an MK turned Sunday school guru that climbed the ranks of private schools to become the number one teacher-pleasing, pun-cracking, punk-singing, misfit-embracing, Pokemon-catching, forest-loving, slow-reading, fast-talking, podcast-hosting, lightsaber-wielding YWAMer the world has ever seen. Pastor's kid since 04, middle kid since 03. My name is Ryan Luke, and this is Pastor's Middle Kid. going this is ryan luke welcome to pastor's middle kid the podcast where i get to share about my life and what i think about it i've always found that to be a rather (laughs) obnoxious statement to have right at the top of the podcast anyway this week on the show i am joined by my friend petra she is currently taking a discipleship training school here at youth with a mission newcastle and i've asked her to come on the podcast and yeah have a bit of banter talk about her experiences so far and maybe a little bit about her story as well so it gives you a bit of an understanding of the types of people I get to be around every day and interact with and also see discipled in their faith during this six-month journey called a discipleship training school so here's my conversation with Petra I hope you enjoy it My dad used to try and convince me that casting meant fishing because, like, you cast on, like, a fishing rod. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I went to my mom and she's like, that is not true at all. And so, um, yeah, I looked it up the other day and apparently, yeah, Petra Brienne Caston, rock strong chestnut. <laughs> Who knew? Right? You know? Just... Just a really strong name. I, I also really appreciate that pe- Petra means rock. <laughs> that's just old Christian metal band. Yeah, uh, exactly why. That's probably where they got their name, to be honest. Yep, and that's where my dad got my name. It's so good. <laughs> rock, strong, chestnut. Maybe this is like part of like how I should introduce myself to new people and just like break the ice, being like, "Hey, do you know that I'm a rock strong chest?" <laughs> Good grief! Good golly! All right, so we are here in the mail room, and with us on the podcast today, uh, not only Ryan, Luke, and Petra, but also this strange bike board, <laughs> which is apparently a thing. half skateboard, half bike. And it's branded as bikeboard, which means it's actually a real invention. There are no front trucks to the skateboard. There's just a bike wheel and half of a bike body. And it looks really ridiculous. 
I'm just thinking, is this is like a training wheel scooter? Because it's got the, the two back oh. wheels and then the front wheel, yeah. really big. So this is for people that can't quite ride a scooter and do tricks. What uh, if you can ride a scooter, but you still can't do tricks? <laughs> I just don't get this. I don't either. But I really wonder um, whose it is. And if mm. they could then teach us the way of the bike board. Yeah. It really just looks like a big clumsy scooter. I sincerely thought someone just pieced this together and said, <laughs> yes, this is great. And no, it's a thing. It is an actual company that made the bike board. You know those like kids commercials for the latest kids toy? And mm. they're like, this is going to be so cool. And they're from like 10 years ago. And mm. you're like, it that, never was. that day for became a thing. Like... <laughs> I never had one of those, so I guess I didn't live my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that gets me thinking. This week was Back to the Future Day. Yeah. The twenty first. Oh my gosh, we yeah. made it. We made it. Mm-hmm. To October twenty first, two thousand and fifteen. Mm-hmm. And to the credit of uh, the creators of Back to the Future Part Two, in the actual film it says Wednesday, October twenty first. So they they got the date right as well. Um, I mean, it wouldn't have taken much to no, you just went go for I mean, all you had to do was just not look at the Mayan calendar and you would make it. But that, that's just got me thinking, with this bike board, mm-hmm. what if this was one of the things that they envisioned for Ooh. 2015? So, so what, what are some other things that they, they did envision that, that would be happening that oh didn't? Gosh. I, have to I know there, there was the, the self-lacing shoes and Nike actually has released some of them. No way. Yeah, they, they made them. And they gave oh the gosh. first pair to Michael J. Fox. Of course. Jaws 19, not quite there yet. They got the prediction right for 3D movies. Endless 3D sequels, as I saw one website say. <laughs> yeah. The phone in the glasses. That was something that was, that was yeah. in the movie. They were talking to each other just by wearing these weird sunglasses. And then... There was the Google Glasses and all these things. Can you actually phone through the Google Glasses, though? Yeah, from like what I understand, you can, but uh, people thought it was a, a bit strange because you could just stare at people and... Be talking to somebody be else. Be talking to somebody else and they'd never know. Have you seen them? Oh, my gosh. They're hilarious. <laughs> you look so weird. I was in this 7-Eleven and this guy walked in and I was with my brother and he's got these glasses on and there's like this weird chip thing in like the like right above his eyebrow and I'm like what it is just this? looks like a uh, a power level counter from Dragon Ball Z yeah it's over 9,000 like that, I mean they they could have thought of something better I mean like a watch or something yeah I'm, I'm sure that would be the glasses look weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say here. I, I don't know why we keep trying to make accessories into communication devices. Why don't we just have communication devices and accessories? What happened to the good old pocket watch? Yeah. And good whatever happened to the brick phone? <laughs> well, see, people got tired of working out when it came to like having conversations. So they were like, eh, maybe we should make this lighter. <laughs> Just pulling it out of your bag up to your ear with bicep curling. <laughs> oh, see, that, that just makes me think they must build cell towers mm-hmm. from brick phones, right? <laughs> oh, the irony. What was something that you were most looking forward to about October 21st, 2015? I wanted the hoverboard. Mm. 
like, pinwheel. Right? Mm. And that's what made me think of this this bike board because it's so close, but mm. you know, it almost looks like it's floating if you just got rid of the wheels. You know, that's probably the same with any kind of skateboard. <laughs> <It's> so true. <laughs> Okay, so you see, my thoughts are common for many things with wheels. <laughs> <laughs> with cars, for example. I was looking forward to no roads. Yes. Wow. Wouldn't that just free up so much space on the ground? I mean, what, what would you need the ground for if you got rid of the roads? Agriculture. Oh, yeah. But then you wouldn't be able to walk anywhere because it'd just be agriculture. Wouldn't it be so cool if you filled every road with a forest... And you just got to walk through the forest in the middle of the road? Yes. Forests are my favorite geographical feature. I think that would be wonderful. If every road was a glade. Yes. Mm. But yeah, Back to the Future Day, it was, uh, it was great and it's never going to happen again. Doesn't that make you a little bit sad inside? You know what makes me a little bit sad inside? What's the that? fact that the entirety of the Back to the Future trilogy is in the past. Yes. Instead of having this hope, which yeah. last week we had, that they were going to invent these these hoverboards that we could actually use. But now we never have that hope. That hope has died. Thank goodness for Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Because when Jesus gets back, we will have hoverboards. <laughs> How else are we going to make it? That's not where I was going with that. <laughs> well, I was thinking like, well, we have a hope still. So that's I, was nice. think, I was thinking the rapture, where we're going, we won't need roads. We're going to meet him in the air. True. Yeah, there we go. Do we get greeted... Once accepted, do we get greeted with hoverboards? Here you go! <laughs> <laughs> Pretty heavenly pastime from what I understand. Yeah, yeah and you, you don't want to scuff up the streets of gold no. with, with real wheels and trucks. So exactly. Petra is from Canada. <laughs> Where are you from in Canada? Um, I grew up and used to live in British Columbia in the Lower Mainland. And mm. now I, well not now because now I live in the Lewis House, but I used to live in Calgary, Alberta. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. As a, uh, a number of Chinese cartoon characters once said, let's get down to business, <laughs> but not to defeat the Huns. Let's get to the bottom of this. So yes. why are you here in Australia if your homeland <laughs> is Canada? I graduated high school in BC mm. and uh, knew that I wanted to be a baker. And so I had originally planned to go to a school in Vancouver, mm -hmm. but did not get accepted. I got waitlisted. And so I ended up taking a year off and being. Is it like being. Um, oh, yeah, waitlisted is like you're on a list and they'll call you if there's a place for you. Oh, like W A I T listed. Yeah. Okay, I was Wait. thinking like boxing categories, <laughs> like waitlisted, heavyweights, and. Well, you know, I was ready to fight them. Mm. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah, so I was waiting for a phone call, didn't get one, ended up getting uh, two part time jobs as a cashier. I was a checkout chick. Yes. For two different companies mm -hmm. that happened to be right next door to each other. <laughs> <laughs> At least they weren't rivals, right? Yeah. Okay. One was a craft store and one was a pet store, so, you know. Petra <laughs> <laughs> working at a pet store, that's amazing. <laughs> I got to play with ferrets and birds and, oh my gosh, I got infected because <laughs> a black bear hamster bit me and wouldn't let go. <laughs> Did you say a black bear hamster? <laughs> what? <laughs> they, they like pygmy black bears? <laughs> No, they're like, just like all black hamsters. <laughs> Honey, I shrunk the bear. <laughs> Specifically the black bear. But now he looks like a hamster. So let's give him to small children. <laughs> the great part was, is I was trying to sell him to a family. <laughs> 
So I'm not a salesperson. Oh, he's latched on. He was shaking him off. And then he got infected and I had to go to the clinic. Did you not get it cleaned out immediately or what? I don't know. Things you do when you're just 17 and not very smart. Things get infected because of neglect, Petra. Yes. It was a positive life lesson out of a very dark time of my life. You can't get any darker than black pants. <laughs> so I was uh, working part-time, and then um, my stepdad, he discovered that it was going to be positive for his brother and him and their business together for him to move to Alberta. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, this might be a good change. And we all felt like God was just really leading us into a different stage in life and so um, I applied to go to school for baking and pastry arts and within like a couple weeks I got accepted so that was really cool nice that was really exciting started my school in a brand new city a whole bunch of people I didn't know towards the end of my first year I started to think that um, maybe I didn't want to do my second year uh, Mm -hmm. just because I didn't know that it was something I wanted to do but all my uh, chefs and teachers had like told me like, okay, just do your internship. So if like you don't come back, you at least have your internship in case mm-hmm. in the five year span of time you can come back and finish. So I did my internship. It was really fun. Really enjoyed it. Ended up working for the school, doing a lot of croissants. Yeah, and then during that summer, uh, God had just told me to just go for it when. Uh, uh, a trip to Nicaragua got presented in front of me. Mm-hmm. Never had thought about world missions. I'd only ever really done uh, street ministry in Vancouver. My pastor presented this, and it was just like God pushed me to the sign-up list. He was like, "We're going," and so I was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> but it was this really cool opportunity because I think I was testing him to prove things to me as just as much as he was testing me to walk in with my faith, mm-hmm. walk with my faith. Um, yeah, and. It was very short. It was like five days in Nicaragua, and mm-hmm. um, our job was like literally just to go out and give people food and pray for them in like the places that no one ever saw. Mm-hmm. And so um, my heart broke and got rehealed and filled by those people. And uh, I just started like really um, understanding what it means to be a vessel of God and not just relying on my own understanding of what the world looks like. Um, it's a huge part of when I go into things like being here at YWAM is just an understanding that nothing I can say or do will change somebody's life, mm-hmm. but God working through me, that's what's going to change somebody's life. And just reminding myself that I am a vessel, that I am what I am. I am no more than what my mom calls it is like an earth suit. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, like an astronaut suit, yeah. (laughs) And so, um, just being, like, very humble to the fact of, like, welcoming God and welcoming the Holy Spirit into yourself and just being very aware that He is doing the work and that I can just follow. Came home, didn't really know how much that was going to affect my life until I did my second year of uh, baking and pastry at school. And very hesitantly, I did not want to do it, but I was like, fine, I'll go back. Because I just, I felt like it was right. And my parents were like, no, I think this is what you should do. I went back to school and God ended up like blessing me with like friendships and like conversations that I would not have had if I didn't go back. And, you know, giving me a passion for the things that I was learning about that I knew I didn't 
necessarily want to do with my life, but mm -hmm. just an interest in learning. Yeah, so I got through the program, I graduated, and I jumped into the industry of baking and ended up with a job that I really didn't like. And I had a friend that I shared this with, and she was just like, you know, sometimes you just got to go in with a better attitude. And it's just like, <laughs> thank you, that's exactly <laughs> what I wanted to hear. <laughs> so I hated that. But I ended up like receiving it and being like, okay, I'll mm -hmm. go in with a better attitude. So I ended up liking my job more. Mm -hmm. And um, crazy how that happens, hey? Yeah. Mm. Perspective. Yeah. During that time, I started thinking that maybe I wanted to do another mission strip, um, that God wanted me to be used and do something more. And so <laughs> my young adult pastor, he's so good at just being like, hey, what are you doing with your life? And you're like, oh. Hello, I just sat down. <laughs> uh, we were sitting down, we had tea, and the, he was just telling me, like, you know, his heart for the ministry because he was coming on new for staff and mm -hmm. um, asked me all these questions I didn't know the answers to. And I ended up telling him, without even knowing what a DTS with YWAM was, I said, I wanted to do a school setting so that I could learn more about my relationship with God, mm -hmm. but I also wanted to do, like, and outreach. I wanted to be mm -hmm. like the hands and feet of God and I wanted to do yeah. that kind of stuff. Ended up going on like a three hour walk with God. He showed me YWAM through an advertisement for YWAM New Zealand. And Just on the internet? No, it was on the back cover of a magazine that gets sold within North America. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And wow. I just ended up looking into YWAM. I found out what a DTS was laughed hysterically <laughs> <laughs> because it was exactly what you said yeah. i was like man god you do have a sense of humor <laughs> looked at ywam and ended up finding compassion and just falling in love with it because i have a heart for the underdog and yeah and just through like blessing after blessing up and to coming here it was just like this is where you wanted me to be what was it like as somebody that inquired about the Compassion DTS, mm -hmm. having somebody call you oh, on the phone? It was good. Um, I, I think that it made it a little more real to actually talk to somebody because mm -hmm. when you just read something on the internet, it's more like, oh, this is what I could do. Like it's yeah. a possibility or, you know, other people can do this. Um, but when someone phones you and they actually like ask you questions about yourself and like why you want to come and it just kind of like analyzes your heart and like mm -hmm. gives you a refreshing look into this is like a real thing. Like this mm -hmm. is not just, you know, something that's going on across the world that I don't know about. It's like, um, I think Catherine was the one that phoned me all the time and mm -hmm. it was just like so helpful for me to hear somebody's voice. And like when they, when she would pray over me, it was like, Oh man, like there's like a lot of thought and care that goes mm -hmm. into each person that comes and, um, just very honoring mm -hmm. for each person. So it was very personal, which made it coming a lot easier. Mm -hmm. And Catherine's currently staffing your school. Yeah. Nice. So what was it like meeting her in person after months of build-up? <laughs> I had seen her face on Facebook because we had, like, the whole page of, like, everyone. So that was helpful. Mm -hmm. But actually meeting her was really cool because it was like, you know, you can actually physically be in the same room with that person. Yeah. And you're just like, hey... You're not just a picture. You're not just a face. <laughs> like, 
So more than just a pretty face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're just, you know, a person that's here with me. We can mm-hmm. hang out now. She's also a part of our community connection team, so mm-hmm. that's really cool. And I've just been, even just like watching her, like talking with other people and the like small conversations that we've had, it's just, it's very much like very similar to how it was on the phone, but I love one-on-one time with people. Mm-hmm. So having that person there is really cool. Yeah, that is great. So you just mentioned that we're on a community connect team. Yes. Now I outlined that last week in the Pastors Middle Kid podcast entitled mm-hmm. Abandoning the Flashy Lights for the Pews. Mm-hmm. Now you said that you actually listened to that podcast. I uh, did. Yep. Okay, give me a bit of feedback because I haven't really had any feedback. Oh, sorry. And that's okay. No, from anybody. So mm-hmm. this is a bit of uh, live on the air and by live on the air I mean obviously recorded in advance <laughs> feedback. What did you think about last week's podcast? Because I'd love to discuss how you actually fit into the things that I was talking about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I found it really encouraging because you don't meet a lot of young people who do have a passion for the older generation. Mm-hmm. I ended up listening to it because I was like, okay, like I wanted to learn about like where your passion came from because you're just, you get really riled up about it and it's hilarious. <laughs> um, like in a, not like making fun of you, hilarious. Right, yeah, because um, I, I shared about this yeah. at our first Community Connect meeting, didn't I? Yes. And how I was really passionate about yeah. it. Okay, so you were getting that, you were listening for a bit of context. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, just like the way you were talking about it, like, um, you can truly tell when someone is authentically passionate about something. Like, I could hear the authenticity in your in your mm-hmm. passion. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, yeah, this is a good thing that we should do mm-hmm. as young people of the church. It's like, no, hey, guys, like, this is actually, like, you can learn so much, and you can learn mm-hmm. to love people in a different way and be thankful in different ways and just Preach. learn Come so on. much from yeah, their heritage that they have. And like, I don't know, it's just, I, like I said, like I love the underdogs and I feel like it's such a sad thing that our older generation has become an underdog mm-hmm. because we've almost lost a respect for our elders. Wisdom is relevant. Hearing your convictions and your like passion for the older generation was very encouraging for me because it was just like eye-opening of like, okay, yeah, like this is a great confirmation. Like I already had a desire mm-hmm. to love the older generation, but it's just like, it's good to know that other people also have this really strong passion. Mm-hmm. And you can just learn so much from them. They're hilarious. They're yeah. so fun. Totally. And now <laughs> this week at church, yes. I invited you mm-hmm. to the Mayfield Uniting Church, yes. which is primarily elder folk. It is. And I actually like the term elder folk. I think I I said that for the first time last night. I went, whoa. Yeah. Older folk. Older folk. Isn't I like that, it. Yeah. So you came to church with me this week. I did. Along with our friend Josh. Yes. What did you think of the Mayfield Uniting Church? I loved it. I um, We walked in and there was three elder folk. They look at you as if you belong already. Mm. And even though there's like such a difference in age, I love them. They're just so great. And then uh, you walk into the building and it's just like gorgeous. You walk in and it's just all these beautiful stained glass windows Mm -hmm. and um it you walk in and you just feel warmth almost like it's just like it just blankets you with warmth and that's not just because it's bad ventilation and then you see the pipe organ and you're like oh my gosh Mm. things just got a little more intense and i'm just a little bit more excited there's something to be said about the instruments that get built into a building i don't know i ended up sitting down and the pews weren't filling so quickly. And then I realized it's pretty much because the elder folk move quite slowly. Yes. Um, 
but that was cool. Like I ended up like introducing myself and meeting a couple of people and mm-hmm. uh, excuse me, I've forgotten some names already, but um, Helene. Helene. Helene's she, the Hobbit. Oh my gosh, she's so cute. <laughs> oh, I just looked at her and she had my heart. I was just like, oh my gosh. We, we have I will this... love you till my last breath. <laughs> <laughs> we have this lovely, sweet lady named Helene that comes to our congregation. And she is less than five feet tall. <laughs> and by that, I mean she's like four foot seven. If that, like. So she, yeah, she's about an average sized yeah. hobbit. It's amazing. I want to know what her house looks like. Oh my goodness. Like, does she live in a hobbit? Like, oh. I, I feel like the inside would have teacups and doilies everywhere. I feel like the fridge door that we have here, that is so small, mm-hmm. she would walk through very easily. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought you were going to say, I feel like her fridge door would be crocheted. That too. Just have a crochet I, cover for the fridge. Yes. I wouldn't put that past her. No, I feel like she would feel so much compassion for the fridge, being mm. like, I don't want you to feel cold, oh. that I want to make you warm. Oh, my heart. <laughs> right? You're just like, yes. <laughs> She's going to do it, man. I feel like her entire house, like anything that could ever be cold, is just covered in like crocheted doilies. <laughs> <laughs> so you met Helene. Yes. And fell in love with her straight away. Instantly. Mm-hmm. You met some of the other folk. I met Joy and Roy. Joy and Roy. Which, let's just take a moment to really appreciate their names. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was kidding. No. <laughs> and then I realized, because she's like, like Joy, like, honestly, like, it's a perfect name for her. Because mm-hmm. she's just this, like, little bundle of joy. And you just think that she's cracking jokes about everything. <laughs> And she's like, this is my husband, Roy. And I'm like, no, that's not a joke. No, that's <laughs> so it's Joy and Roy. And they're just like, honestly, he's hard of hearing. And she likes to yell. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so perfect. And they've been married happily for 66 years, which is just so adorable. And mm-hmm. oh my gosh, just talking to them is so funny. Mm-hmm. And then you mix Maddie, their granddaughter, into mm-hmm. the mix, who has like an insider perspective of what happens. So she's like almost dragging more conversation out of them because they've forgotten what they've told you already. Yep. So she keeps it going. <laughs> and you know, you hear stories about how Joy just wishes that she could find another man every once in a while. <laughs> She's so cheeky. So cheeky. Like, you, it comes out of her and you're like, Joy, what? <laughs> and then you're like, no, I just love you more now. <laughs> and Roy just stands there smiling. Yes. I think it's because he can't hear what's going on. <laughs> Joy is one of those people that says things and then goes, oh, yes. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> or... I don't want to say this too loud so Roy can't hear me. <laughs> she knows too. She like uses his hard hearing like she to her advantage. <laughs> oh, and he's like the most patient man too because like at the end of the service like he's just standing there waiting for her while she's like hugging everybody <laughs> and just talking to them. And I'm like, wow, Roy, you are a man of patience. And he's like, what? <laughs> 
I guess Roy's had to deal with it for 66 years. Yeah. So well, he, you know. He's fairly used to it. He's, you know, had to develop this patience. Mm-hmm. They've been married three times longer than we've been alive. We've been alive. <laughs> <laughs> they amaze me. Mm, it's perspective. <laughs> oh gosh, they're so wonderful. Mm-hmm. We have a number of other very unique and quirky characters in the service and one such character her name is Benita or Bonnie mm-hmm. and she just loves jokes but they're always those jokes that you find inside Christmas crackers oh my gosh those are like the worst but best ones ever. <laughs> yes in my family we used to just rip them in half and then put two different halves together it oh my so gosh but uh, Benita last week told me this joke that was yeah. why did the biscuit cry because its mother was a wafer so long <laughs> That's such an elder folk joke. <laughs> elder folk joke, yes. <laughs> then, then she followed it up with, "What do you call somebody who's afraid of Santa? Claustrophobic, <laughs> of course." <laughs> okay, you know how some people, our age particularly, their fill-in words are like or you know, uh, uh, are um whatever they are. Mm-hmm. Benita's fill-in words in between her sentences are good, yes, thank you, pleasure. <laughs> Sometimes all of them in a row like that. Good. Good, yes, thank you, pleasure. Pleasure, yes, thank you, good. Good, yes, thank you. You know what I think it is? She's like receiving encouraging things from God while she's thinking about what to Whoa. say. Oh, and she just can't distinguish which ones are which anymore. Yeah, she's just like processing different mm. conversations. Oh. She's been accidentally calling me David ever since I set foot in that church a year and a half ago. Every week it's always, good to see you, David. Oh, oh, no, um, uh, don't tell me, don't tell me. <laughs> Ryan, yes, Ryan, I got it, see? I almost called you David. So before the service this week, I played a few hymns on the guitar, mm-hmm. uh, which was groundbreaking, because I have played songs before the service in the past, but they've been modern as they say, choruses. Right. Yes. Uh, anything from the 1980s onwards is a modern chorus gotcha. in this church. They might have heard, maybe, some of the ones I've done in the past, but for this week particularly, I felt to do three different hymns before the service. So not only were they listening and appreciating my musical ability, which they often do and always praise me for afterwards, but they were singing along too. They were. During the first hymn, it was, it was kind of sparsely sung along to. Um, I don't think the projector was quite up and running yet. And, uh, but they would, they would grab the chorus of To God Be the Glory. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Then I started singing How Great Thou Art. And then they sang along and it was joyous and melodious. I finished up with Lord of the Dance. Yes. One of my favorite hymns, an American folk tune inspired melody. Like I said, it's a favorite of mine for sure. It just, it gets my Celtic roots just so full of life and energy. I feel like I need to say, Dance then, wherever you may be. I am the Lord of the dance, said he. <laughs> lead you all wherever you may be, and I'll lead you all in the dance, said he. You As it was, I was singing it in a key that only suited me, and maybe some of the women. Uh, I have a higher tenor voice, and, uh, yep, I was cozy on that F. So I sang this whole song, and some people were singing along, from what I understand, mm-hmm. um, from what I was able to hear. But then it got to the point 
in the fourth verse where it said, I danced on a Friday when the sky turned black. It's hard to dance with the devil on your back. They buried my body and they thought I'd gone, but I am the dance and I still go on. And during that verse, I stripped it right back and I just, I did a minor chord and I was just singing quietly and emotionally and I was actually getting into it. And I think everybody understood that it was a moment of reverence. And then I came in with, but I am the dancer and I still go on. Then everybody, I feel like there was just this ceiling that broke. If you could ever see elder folk do a mosh pit, that's what they would mosh do. <laughs> I feel like they were moshing. When it got to the final chorus, everyone was trying to clap along. And like, it was all out of time. And, uh, yeah, when it got to the end, there were cheers and there were whoops coming from the, the congregation. And... Um, yeah, lots of clapping and everything. And mm-hmm. I know they really appreciated that. And it was probably my favorite song that I've ever sung in that building. There was a lot of life going on. It's not the last time that I'll sing that song, I assure you. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. At Community Connect this yes. week, we were involved in an endeavor called City Serve, which yes, is all the churches in the Newcastle area uh, work together for a weekend in uh, different community projects that build the aesthetics and upkeep of certain buildings. And Mm -hmm. in this case, it was pot plants along the side of the road. From what I understand, I wasn't part of the initial team, but there was a lot of repotting of plants Mm -hmm. from their less than loved pots, their first homes that were a little uh, faded and and shipped and such, uh, and putting them into brand new shiny square pots that I, as part of my team, were re-putting onto the spots where all the... How did you describe it? You you had like a word for it. Yeah, I I called it pot slotting. Pot slotting, right. Mm -hmm. Because we were in fact slotting the pots back into their original spots. That makes sense, yes. Okay, Petra, so what was something that you did as part of Community Connect? involved in city surf. I was a little bit discouraged at first because everything seemed to be done and I didn't know what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we quickly found out that we just needed to take down tents and um, then just wait and figure out where we we're gonna go for mm-hmm. from there to do our next job. And so we took down the tents and then we ended up going down Maitland Road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we ended up uh, scraping down the older pots because the company that they had previously used um, their pots were now starting to, like, the paint was, like, scraping off and they were mm. incredibly dirty. And Yeah, so we scraped off the dirt, all the old paint, uh, washed them, mm-hmm. and repainted them. Nice. Uh, while also washing the sides of some of the buildings and taking off some of the cobwebs from their signs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the goal was just so that local companies could feel valued. Mm-hmm. It just felt really nice to just do the background work, because mm. I think a lot of the time we you know, think that we need to be upfront and viewed and we want the recognition, but I think there's something so beautiful and just like humbling yourself and just doing the background stuff that just mm-hmm. needs to be done. And, you know, you don't need to see the people's smiling faces the next day, but mm-hmm. it's just a really cool thing that we can do for the community. But uh, we had one instance where a boy actually asked us what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, his mom, I'm assuming his mother, was taking money out from the bank and he was like, what are you guys doing? And so we kind of communicated that we were just, you know, replanting some trees, taking care of the community. And he actually got angry. He was like, hey, why aren't you at home with your families? Like, you shouldn't be doing this. 
And I was like, no, why not? It's like, oh, come on. This is not the way to spend your Saturday. You should be like on the beach or something. <laughs> and then uh, we ended up telling him about uh, Youth Street, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So now there are some bright orange. Yes. Pots. Bright orange. All the way along Maitland Road in the center of Mayfield. You cannot miss them, no. I want to ask you, as a current discipleship training school student, what is something from your DTS that has stood out to you or challenged you in any way? And yeah, what are some highlights so far? Three weeks of crazy learning. We started off with learning about hearing the voice of God, which was really, really cool because so often in churches, um, especially in Western society, they won't actually communicate with you uh, what it looks like to hear the voice of God. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of society will be like telling you that it's just the audible voice, mm-hmm. um, which I personally have never experienced before. So it can be discouraging for people who yeah. do not hear that. Um, and so we just learned about um, all the different ways and it was really good to see people, like especially some of my roommates that I've had a chance to really communicate with about it, they came alive because it was just like, I have heard the voice of God. And it was just like this newfound excitement. Just seeing them come alive and like experiencing that with them was just so cool. Mm-hmm. And just getting to be in that walk with them and understanding that, you know, God's been talking to you this whole time. Yeah. Second week was Father Heart, which is like gut-wrenching, taking out all the weeds and mm-hmm. um, just renewal of your heart towards God and um, a new vision and a new view of how He actually loves you. So just coming to know that, you know, that God looks at my fear and can literally like just get rid of it mm-hmm. as soon as I acknowledge it. So. Um, the end of the week where it's just all of us like laying all of our garbage on the floor and just being like, this is me. And that was just such a cool experience because I can't remember everybody's stories, Mm. but I can look at each person in the building and knowing that they are my brother, sister in Christ. Mm. And I love them and I know them a bit better, even if I haven't had conversation with Mm -hmm. them. you know, I can trust them and they can trust me. And it's just Mm -hmm. this real community that happens even beyond what we have already. It's just continuing to grow. Is there something in the coming weeks that you're really looking forward to about your DTS? Everything. Can you say everything? I don't know. (laughs) I am just right now where I'm at, I'm just really focusing on being a sponge, you know, just trying to absorb Mm -hmm. everything that I can because I know that this is, an experience that I cannot take for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a really wonderful time in my life where I just get to focus on God and just really understand or try to attempt to understand mm-hmm. how he sees things and what he wants for me. And I love being a student. I just love mm-hmm. being a student of life with him. And so I I think, yeah, I stick with my answer of everything. Everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm just loving it all. It's just so good. Fantastic. Well, uh, are there any parting words that you would like to leave our listeners with? Like any life advice that could really enrich people's lives and make them just that much better? Listen to this podcast. Whoa. And all of the next ones. Respect and love your elder folk. Mm. It's all about the elder folk. Wisdom is relevant. Mm Mm-hmm. And for me, grape should never have been an artificial flavor. That's all, folks. This is Pastor's Middle Kid. I'm Ryan Luke. I'm here with Petra. 
my special guest from the DTS that's happening at the moment here at YWM Newcastle. Uh, peace out. Grape should never have been an unofficial colour. An unofficial colour. Grape's not a colour. Purple. Purple drink. Purple drink is a thing. I'm <laughs> sorry.